From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the big event and our KFOG tribute. KFOG ended its run two weeks ago, playing some Dave Morey highlights on its last day before becoming KMBR's FM station. During the golden years, KFOG management let the talent try creative things, and the DJs and producers never took that gift for granted. Their bond with listeners was rooted in sincerity. I went to KFOG events co-hosted by my good friend, TV critic Tim Goodman, and always was struck by the positive vibe. The KFOG hosts weren't putting themselves on a pedestal. There was this idea that radio was a dialogue with the listener, and we were all just hanging out among friends and having a good time. I wrote a tribute to KFOG for the Chronicle recently, but my viewpoint was as a listener and very occasional guest. I really wanted to get KFOG newsman Peter Finch, DJ Renee Richardson, and producer Irish Greg McQuaid on my podcast and hear their stories. They came, we covered a lot of ground, and there's a lot more laughter in this podcast than sadness. We talk about everyone's first day at KFOG, some highlights and low points, including Greg's incredible Wayne Brady story, definitely in the low points category. Another reason I wanted Peter, Greg, and Renee on is to let people know they haven't gone away. There's a reunion on Friday, September 20th with Dave Morey that's very much sold out, but all three have podcasts, The Finch Files with Peter Finch and Renee and Irish Greg's Pop-Up Bay Area. Greg has also been building a collection of KFOG audio, including 10 at 10s that fans recorded, and Greg will be sharing those with the world. We talk about it at the end, but it's something I should have brought up sooner. Look for updates at popupbayarea.org. Peter, Greg, and Renee coming up. I really enjoyed this episode. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Welcome to the Chronicle, Peter Finch, Irish Greg McQuaid, and Renee Richardson. And I'm the one handling the board here. I this know. is role reversal. It is so yeah. crazy. The newspaper man is handling the, the, the audio. <laughs> well, I'm so thrilled to have you guys here. Everybody, you know, this news came out that KFOG, for me, it was already gone, but yeah. that they're going to switch and have KMBR be KFOG now. Yeah. And then everybody's sharing their memories, and they're talking about you guys like you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was asked about this the other day, and you know the way people talk about how, uh, wouldn't it be nice to be at your own funeral? Yeah. yeah. Uh, see what people say about you. It kind of it had that feeling about it. It was also the longest death of all time. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Well, right. the, the thing for me, too, is that people would ask, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, well, on the last day, and I, I, I married my first girlfriend, so I wouldn't know, but I, I guess I would liken it to an ex when they ask you about your ex and the ex has gotten married or something, and you go, <laughs> you don't really want to talk about yeah. it. You know? It's like you wish them well, but it's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And I've just I moved on so quickly that like you said, it for for me things yeah. changed a long time ago, and and that was that. One thing Renee and I did text each other that morning. I was a little involved in in helping Jason's the last PD at KFOG get some of the audio together for the last day, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting. It was like I ended up producing the last day, not of you not did. quite, <laughs> but um, so I was familiar with what they were going to play. 
And again, I had detached myself somewhat from the radio station as well, but I texted Renee the day they were playing our last show and Tony Salvador, our old GM, was on. So the Dave Morey's last show from 2008, yeah. they rebroadcast. And I was like, I'm getting a little nostalgic. And she was too. I was too, but it was for the Dave Morey K-Fog that I was yeah. nostalgic yeah. for. Yeah. It wasn't anything... It was our show. It well, was I Dave. Should mention it was the that, listeners. It was that that they made this announcement, and then I immediately started listening to KFOX because yeah. I always want to see what song they have on repeat for yeah. five days. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. The cleanser or whatever. Yeah, they call it. and and I turned it on, and they've got like Rage Against the Machine yeah. on, and these drops, and I was really frustrated because I'm like, well, if if it's gonna die, at least put. You know, have fun. Have yeah. fun. Put put something that's yeah. K fog on there, and then they did. Yeah, the last yeah, day. The last they did day. The last they day. Did. And Jason, they wanted to do more. Uh, they wanted to do a last week of it, and and corporate kind of relented and said one day. So. Yeah. The day Maury had he posted, you know, it was the last day that kind of got to him. And for yeah. me, like I say, I was saying, oh, I don't really want to talk about her. I was like, okay, you know, K Fog was long gone. But the last day, it was so kind of emotional. And, and Jason did a good job because he's not, you know, he's only lived here four or five years. He doesn't have a personal connection to the station necessarily. He doesn't have a great connection to the Bay Area as such. But when I was showing him all this material, he wanted the Doobie Brothers sessions and the Boz Skaggs sessions and was very in tune with the local stuff that's way out of his demographic, quite yeah. frankly. he oh, was quite, no, yeah, No, he was quite in tune with, with how the station should sound on the last day. Well, I, I'm thrilled to have you here to share a few memories. I'm, I'm frustrated. I mean, I've been frustrated for about 10 years as things have changed. But um, I'd love to start and just kind of capture some of um, what I loved about it and what you guys loved about it. And I'd love to he just hear about like your first day at work. If you remember it. Peter should go first because he was there before first. us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I go. So when KFOG became a rock station at 82, I had just graduated San Francisco State. I was a late night weekend DJ on KMEL, which in those days was rockin' the bay. I remember it, was, it. Yeah. You had to say it guttural, gutturally too. KMEL San Francisco, rockin' the bay. You know, I didn't do it right <laughs> even there. But um, this new station, KFOG, came on, and at that point, KMEL was playing a lot of Foreigner and Loverboy and stuff I wasn't really into. I went, wow, this station sounds really good. So I sent Dave Logan, the program director, a resume and a tape and got a nice letter from him, but nothing came of it. Uh, the station, KMEL, changed format. I went to Colorado for eight years and then came back here my wife's a native san franciscan didn't have a full-time gig but got on with dave as the fill-in news guy um for nine months and we clicked they liked how we sounded together so then they made me full-time but for me being gone eight years and wanting to get back to san francisco so much and knowing kfog it was literally a dream come true you know i don't remember my first day i remember being introduced to dave because somebody walked in between us right at that time we had to dodge around somebody to shake hands um, but I don't remember the exact first day, but I know early on they would have me write the newscasts in another room and then come into the mm -hmm. studio to deliver it. <laughs> and not long after they made me full time, they said, no, stay in the studio with Dave. And then, you know, we became 
part of a morning show, and then they added these guys on over the years. So, yeah, KFOG, it's, 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 it's sad now that I'm talking about it. <laughs> those call letters yeah. go away. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, I will say, and I think Greg would agree with me, because we came from Live 105. Um, Greg came on to KFOG before me. But when I did come, because I was on the air at uh, Live 105, and then they put me on at KFOG. And, and the fans, the whole relationship with the fans was wildly different to yeah. me. There was utter respect for the fans the fans um, would call and want to get to know you and the way KFOG brought a new person in was the way you should slowly introduce them on the air and let people get to know you and that was very different from everything that was going on in alternative radio my first memories were coming from Live 105 that we had to take a drug test. So <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get the job <laughs> to start with. That's right. But a few things I do remember. My very, very first day, I, I got hired at the end of 98, so in December of 98. And um, the first of all, I went in and we had a meeting before the show. Dave and Peter would meet with a big stack of newspapers, chronicles. Am I allowed to say oh, other yeah. newspapers? You yeah. absolutely Mercury can. News, <laughs> the Oakland Tribune. You said Chronicle first. There you go. Yeah, there that's you that's go. fine. I was the guy that would stop at the Chronicle right outside here at yeah. four in the morning and pick up the huge stack of papers. Yeah. Anyway, so, but, so I remember my first day, there was this big pot of papers and we were in the conference room over on Hawthorne uh, Street. And Dave, and I'm pretty sure smoking was already banned everywhere in California at that point, but <laughs> Dave was just smoking at the conference room table. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I still smoked at the time. So, at so four I lit, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. At four in the morning. <laughs> so I lit up. And then I just, I remember my first day because two things happened. We're on Mission Street in the Chronicle right now. And my very first day, the pg e power plant down here on Mission Street exploded. I remember this like oh, it wow. was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And... My whole thing when I was at Live 105 was to pick music that uh, fitted in with the news of the day when I was with the Alex Bennett show. So I was like, Electric Avenue, and Dave thought that was cool. And so suddenly I was kind of on the in with Dave. But that was also the end of the year, and there was an end-of-year party that day. And our general manager and sales manager, so Dwight... um, What's Dwight's last Dwight name? Walker. Thank you. <laughs> Dwight Walker. I'm getting old. Senior moment. And Mark Silverstein, our head of sales, both shaved their heads off completely. And I'm like, why, are the, why is the GM and the head of sales shaving their heads off? And someone said, well, because they had a bet at the start of the year that the station would bill $30 million this year. This was 1998. The reason that stands out to me is that the last go-around, I think when we all got let go... In 2016, the station bills $3 million. Wow. Wow. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> Renee, do you remember? I'm taking Peter's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Renee, go. do you remember your first day? I don't, I don't uh, remember yeah. my first day at all. I just knew that um, I always had uh, the deepest respect for KFOG and what KFOG was trying to do, and I felt honored to be working with Dave and Peter and Greg on a morning show that was, like Peter said, talk to its listeners as intelligent people and um, the only weird thing for me was prior to that I was a bartender so I was going to bed at 3.30 in the morning for many many years (laughs) and that first day that I was waking up at 3.30 taking the bus to go to work I saw all the old regulars going Uh hey are you coming to after party I'm like no I'm going to to my new job (laughs) and so that was pretty wild I do remember Renee so Paul Marzalek hired both me and Renee and gave us somewhat of latitude he 
He so, so Renee was known as Renee Rotten. Oh yeah. Over at Live 105 because right. her last name is Rotten. Rottenbucher. Rotten so say it. <laughs> and so it ties in with the alternative Johnny Rotten and whatever, but it wouldn't wasn't going to work on K Fog. But Paul Marzlak allowed you to come up with what your new name was going right. to be. Do you That's remember right. This? I do remember. And I so I thought, oh, I'll be Renee Richardson. <laughs> No, Think- no, you were going to be Renee. Oh, Richards. Richards, Richards you're right. Yeah. I'll be Renee Richards after the transsexual tennis player. <laughs> Who's going to remember that? So I go on and announce as Renee Richards, and the phones light up, yeah. and it's crazy town. <laughs> you got Renee Richards to do traffic? Yeah. And, and Paul called me, and he's like, we got to change this. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Richardson. Yeah. That's right. That's What's right. cool good, about good Renee, too, is for years, radio, the model was, it was kind of like professional baseball. You started in the minor leagues the small market then you went to a medium market then if you were good enough you made it to a major market the big leagues nobody told me that nobody yeah. told her that and she went from you you worked at a health club too right yeah health, I worked at a health club that's how right. you got the live 105 gig you're right? absolutely See. correct he knows more about my story than i do <laughs> well dave maury you know you bring him up and i can't believe we should plug it henry winkler told me that you have to plug things Man, three times there is a name so your show is sold out we're not going to plug that yeah. you've got a, a show coming up with dave maury coming from detroit but um finch files people can listen to you there yeah peter you got a new one out and uh and pop up with uh renee yeah well, it's a terrible name so you couldn't <laughs> even get it right so you basically just encapsulated renee. everything that's wrong with renee and i <laughs> Renee and Iris Griggs pop up Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. it's something like that. Renee and Iris Griggs pop up. So we thought it was a good idea. Again, there was alcohol involved <laughs> when we came up with the name. But then we quickly learned to realize that you need a catchy name, something with yeah. zip, something with pizzazz, something like, that people will like remember. Like the big event. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's Renee and Iris Griggs pop up. Do you want to know why I'm the big event? Why? No. I, had a I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to tell you anyway, <laughs> Renee Rotten. Yeah. Uh, it was the poop was my parenting blog. Uh, oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. But I got sick of talking about kids and I wanted to talk about pop culture. So yeah. I went to like Pixar and I wanted to get like John Lasseter, which yeah. at the time was a big deal. I uh, wanted to get him to do an interview with me. And, and I'm like, it's for the poop. And I just couldn't say it. <laughs> yeah. so he told me, he's like, just give it another name. He it, said, it doesn't matter what the name is. It's, it's forgettable yeah. as... More forgettable, the better. Yeah. So I just like the big event. Maybe I'll do some events. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really done any, but, you know. So, well, Peter should talk. Uh, we, we'll talk about our pop-up in a moment, whatever yeah. it is called. You should talk a little bit about the Finch Files, though, Peter, seeing as you were asked first. Well, and I, I did it first because when I left KGO like four years ago and no radio stations were beating a path to my door, it's like, what am I going to do? So I, and people had said over the years, you should do your, first it was the Fog Files on KFOG and at KGO it became the Finch Files. You should do that as a podcast. So, you know, there, there was a pretty quick learning curve and I did it. Uh, but in the meantime, I got a job at Alcatraz, you know, yeah. so, you know, so I did the podcast. I, I'm still doing the podcast, but now I pretty much just do it when I come across somebody interesting or find an interesting story to tell, it's not every week anymore because more radio work has come my way. And, yeah, and it's harder and, to do. Yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. a lot of but, work, as you know. It's a lot of work. A lot of fun, but a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I'm learning that. It's yeah. Not yeah. super easy. That, that <laughs> dovetails into the story with Renee and I. So we do it. 
Renee came to me and was like, this was after we were fired in 2016. The other thing I noticed, by the way, when radio people talk about being fired a lot, and no, there's not many other occupations that people get fired all the time, and it's just part of the business. Right. In every other, like we talk about being fired all the time, yeah. and everyone must be like, you must be really bad at your job. <laughs> <laughs> but... People get fired in radio a lot. It's just it's it's part of the business. So, but when we got fired, that was your only time getting fired. I was fired from K Fog twice, but the last time, um, Renee came to me and was like, "Let's do a podcast." No, it didn't go down like that. Well, it did. No, no, you said let's. No, we should do a podcast. No, is that not no, what happened? No, you no. It was your second time being fired. Yes, and. And I could tell, you know, you were just hitting your stride with yeah. on-air work. Yeah. And you had so much to give still and yeah. so much to do. And I had done podcast work early on at KFOG. I don't know if you remember all the local oh, scene right. podcasts yeah. and all that. And so I said, well, we should do a podcast. I'll yeah. support you in that. Let's do a podcast. Yeah. And then so was born Renee and I. The, the given was that he had to do he all the work. The work. And you just had to work. show up. Right. So, exactly. yeah. so business as usual. Um, <laughs> we just high-fived so, me and Renee. But the idea was Renee wanted it to be, again, we would just sit on, on a deck and, and drink and talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly. And at KFOG, um, we used to go out every Friday morning during, or not probably once a month every, but 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 Fridays in the summer, we would go out on the road and take the morning show uh, out and we would have bands play. People would come. We'd be at Pyramid Ale House in Walnut Creek or, or Gordon Beers in San Jose or whatever. And it was this whole communal kind of thing. So, so I fun. said to Renee, why don't we do that with, a, with our pop-up shows? So we do it and we still do it in front of a live audience. And again, like Peter was saying, it started off very ambitious. It was every two weeks. It was a new band every two weeks. Yeah. It was just trying to cre- produce a program every two weeks, especially when you're booking live bands and it's got an audience. So we would scale back to once a month, and now we're scaling back to what Peter was saying because you book, you get to the point where you book bands just for the sake of booking bands. Yeah, yeah. And it be kind of, you know, it just you're going through the motions. So then when. Now we found that a George Clinton or a John Oates or a uh, you know a Steve Earle will drop in your lap, and that's worth doing. Right. Yeah. So we've kind of now are moving to that model also. Right. Plus, there's a- fatigue. I mean, you have yeah. so many fans here that come to your shows, and and you know they're going to come as yeah. often as they can, but you know, can't ask people to come out every yeah. week. You still sound like you're having fun, though. I Absolutely. think the last one was in a mansion in Piedmont, and you yeah. had a good crowd there. Yeah, it was yeah. a good crowd. Um, yeah. yeah, alcohol seems to be a common. Yeah. I got got tipsy that night. That was fun. (laughs) It's a little inside baseball, too. If we were getting rich off our podcast, we'd probably be doing that more. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, bless Patreon. It brings in a little money, but but not enough to make a living off of. So you have a sold-out event coming up with Dave Morey. I've got to ask, how did you get Dave Morey to come back? I just thought he went off into the wilderness in Michigan. (laughs) And how's he doing? He's great. He's great. So uh, Renee and I see him quite a bit. He's actually not in in Michigan anymore. Believe it or not, those winters got to him uh, after a while. And he moved to uh, Palm Springs. We joke he went from the coldest place in the world to the hottest place in the world. <laughs> so, but we've, and Peter stays in touch with him too, but um, he, Dave is the most reluctant, ra- the most reluctant 
I don't know if, if he would like to be called famous, but he's certainly oh, yeah, he's, uh, he's famous. He's he's somebody somebody knows, but he's the most reluctant famous person you've right. ever met. So he does not like the spotlight at all. I don't think that's ever why he did radio was no. for any kind of spotlight. He just wanted to make good radio. He loves playing radio in the studio, but in terms of being on stage in front of an audience, <laughs> yes. one story once we did a live concert once at Frost Amphitheater at Stanford. And they had me and Dave doing stage announcements right after the sub dudes had played. Uh-huh. And they were on a tight time schedule. And Dave was kind of freaked out about being on stage already anyway. And because it was such a short set by the sub dudes, you had people like eight rows deep just yelling at you, sub dudes, because yeah. they wanted. <laughs> and so we're trying to do these announcements. As we're talking, yeah. a roadie unplugs oh Dave's my mic. God. He's like, and and Dave's it. like, Yeah. Again. Next time, next I saw him was over drinking with his friends. (laughs) So, but the way this came about was the the whole K Fog finally, you know, died, and and there was all this nostalgia. And I wrote Dave and I said, "Hey, we should do a a reunion. How about the end of the month?" Expecting him just to go, "No way, I'm not doing it." But he wrote back immediately and said, "I I can't do the end of the month, but I can do the weekend before." And I'm all in. And I so we all get together. Yeah. I'm like, let's get the band back together again. That's cool. Uh, so that was whatever day that was. And literally the next morning, I get a text from Dave going, uh, we need to talk. Like, oh, dear. Oh, no. God, here we go. Because I knew the moment he said yes, he was going to try and get yeah. out of it. <laughs> so I called him and he's like, well, there might be problems and this, that, the other. But anyway, we, 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 we worked it out and... As of now, it's still going ahead. Yeah. So no, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think, honestly, I think Dave... He went through this nostalgia when he retired in 2008, and he's you know he's been around the block a few times. But I think the level of outpouring of love that came around this time surprised him. And and I I can't speak for Dave, but I I also think that the fact that we're doing it offsite, we're doing something that is different, and it's more about the fans coming together, and he likes that. I went on a couple of times when he was there and I remember feeling a little intimidated. Like, don't, don't F this up. (laughs) Um, And, and, but, uh, I, I got a little bit like I, I walked in and I felt like just the level was raised a little bit. And I, I say that all in a good way. Like I, I always felt like whenever you were a guest on KFOG, they, you guys wanted me to come in. It wasn't going to be a phoner. Right. Um, Tim Goodman, you got him to come in, which yeah. is incredible because you know yeah, he that got want to leave that his got apartment. harder and harder <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as the years went on. I I will to back that up. So Sean O'Sullivan from the Twenty First Amendment was our beer guy. So we had all these various experts on. So yeah. Tim was the TV guy, and Sean was the beer guy, and Sean would come on. It wasn't not every Friday, but he'd come on once a month, and he'd yeah. bring loads of beer, and it was on a Friday, and we'd have a couple of beers. Um. And he'd be so nervous. He'd be shaking on the air. And he'd do the bit, and it would be fine. Sean was perfectly was good great. on the air. Yeah. And then I would get texts all day, Dave Morey hates me. I've never been invited <laughs> back. I sucked. That was the worst thing ever. So you're not the only one, yeah. Peter, to wow. say that you're intimidated by Dave. 
Yeah, I, I do remember like when Webster came in, I was just like, oh, this is way more chill, but I probably wasn't as good because yeah. you know, well, I wasn't scared. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, Dave, Dave is kind of a regular guy. And even, you know, as you notice on the interviews, all of us would contribute. Dave was pretty much running the board and <laughs> yeah. he would kind of yeah. introduce the guests and hand it off to us. And then he'd chime in if he wanted to. Yeah. I always felt a little bit like we were. <laughs> Peter, you go back a long way with Dave, so I won't lump you. In fact, Renee, I won't annoy you lump you in with this either but i always felt like the whole morning show was kind of an annoyance to dave <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to get through it <laughs> to get to, get to, to 10 and 10, 10 which yeah. was his sweet spot <laughs> the four hours of the morning show was something he and, endured and yet when tammy faye messner oh, yeah. former baker if it was a guest or if it was a fun like when the dead hensons came in yeah. and for the first time that i recall a woman tap danced on the radio on our morning show he got a big he would get a kick out of and, that yeah. peter i'll try and dig this up for you um, yeah. but there is a photo of uh dave sitting on mr t's <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, like he was nancy reagan oh, that that guy? creating that photo oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. okay that was fun. funny yeah <laughs> yeah i a couple people were chiming in on twitter i remember that day and people were talking like gavin newsom would come in yeah. every week yeah. i mean you don't see we, that we no. got gavin newsom into a dunk tank yeah i yeah. think he was still supervisor then Probably. but at our summer picnic at the concord pavilion he showed up with kimberly guilfoyle so it was that far back <laughs> he got in a dunk tank for us uh, k fog that was we were you know there was so much buzz about the station or people wanted to be involved with it during the glory years you yeah. know and you would that's how we got barack obama when he was running for president albeit a phone interview but twice we got him on but it was like you know pe people knew people were listening and it was and the listeners were involved and it was just a really special and, time and there was never any kind of like gotcha vibe to our show you yeah. know when other stations were doing this like whatever you call it that snarky yeah yeah kind of we thing. were guest friendly yeah. you know that yeah. was the whole thing especially for renee and i again coming from alternative radio where there wasn't disdain for the audience but the whole the the, the general vibe is cynicism yeah and uh K-Fog is, is the opposite of that. I, I really felt like, I mean, so much of what radio is and, and what my job is, is transactional. Right. It's like, you come here, you'll talk about this. I'm going to get to ask you about this. I never felt that way, or I, I didn't feel that way often with K-Fog. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like people could come on and it was a good hang. And yeah, that no, was right. sort of a different vibe than a lot of other places, especially when you had someone who was kind of famous on. A lot of times they'd know what K-Fog was before they came on and come on just a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. 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 We That's were given cool. a fair amount of latitude. We, uh, Paul Marzalak hired Renee and I, and Paul was an amazing uh, boss. And Dave Benson, who was the boss for most of the time when we were there, just, he gave us so much latitude to, to kind of do what we wanted and broke all the kind of conventional rules where, you know, I worked at other stations after KFOG or in between my stints at KFOG and everything had to be two minutes and everything was oh, so regimented. God, yeah. And, and KFOG didn't have any of that. If it's good, yeah, it's like, oh, it. we want to have a morning show beat poet. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of that was the reflection of the fact that our numbers were good. The yeah, ratings yeah, were yeah. good. And so it's like, why mess with this? You know, right. which Cumulus didn't understand. Didn't we we won't go there. But yeah, never mind. <laughs> I, I remember, I don't, I don't remember if it was someone here, but I do remember when that switch happened, someone saying, you know, they're 
calling us and telling us, hey, we can get you Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. And I'm like, that's yeah. not yeah. what KFOG right. is. Right. I want Chuck Prophet right. again. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a few cons- misconceptions, or I think, or misunderstandings about Cumulus. Uh, you know, people feel, oh, well, it was when Dave retired, Cumulus came in. Or certainly people thought the Cumulus really changed things when... Peter left for KGO and Webster and I were fired. And then definitely when everybody got canned in, in 2016. Fact of the matter is Cumulus has been running that station since 2006. So they were there for a lot longer than people right. realized. I mean, essentially, Dave left not too long after Cumulus. He left Cumulus just three years over. after yeah. they three took Three years over. after. But yeah. one thing to note was Dave Benson had a contract. And yeah. as long as he was there, he protected what was going on. And he really kept cumulus at bay yeah. mm-hmm. well and before cumulus we were owned by a company out of pennsylvania uh-huh. but they had the wisdom to let the local folks run the station who got it then cumulus came in they wanted to run it out of atlanta and in fact let dave benson and the general manager go it was also they had bought all these stations right when the recession hit yeah. so it, it was a whole money thing too but they never really got what K well, I, I think, I think the, the problem. Only, sorry, go ahead. Oh, Peter. I just I think the problem is that what you guys were doing, a lot of it was indescribable. I mean, it's it's intangibles. Right. Um, going to an event, yeah. and it's not the tent with the K fog, and you look like you don't want to be there. Right. I mean, you're at the event, and it's like a, a party, and yeah. it's a, it's a and good you're hang. Seeing, yeah, you're seeing old friends, and yeah. you're hanging out. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't think that's something that people in Atlanta like is yeah. intangible, well, indescribable. <laughs> Just trust me, this yeah. is a good thing. <laughs> so the prime example of this is Kaboom. We yeah. used to throw a big party for a quarter of a million people oh, I, I on was Piers there. 30 and 32 <laughs> and basically spent our entire advertising budget on blowing up a bunch of fireworks and having a bunch of bands and allowing all of these people in for free. And when Cumulus came on board, their heads span. They're like, what on earth are you doing? You know, putting on this free party, not getting that, all of the goodwill that this generated. And it stays in people's minds forever. And it meant so much to people. And within two years of them coming, Kaboom was gone. Yeah. (laughs) High points, those live events. You mentioned Kaboom. Yeah. Um, What are are some other kind of high points from your from your tenures. Uh, somebody else go first, I gotta think. Well, for me, actually for me, it, it, and it, it's stuff that I got to do with KFOG with family members that made it so special, not necessarily even on the air. Um, I, I was doing a public service announcement from uh, Make-A-Wish and took my son over to the ballpark where he got to meet the Giants rookie manager, Bruce Bochy, and the 49ers <laughs> coach, Mike Nolan. Uh, and then my daughter, Martin Short, was doing a show at the Current Theater, and they wanted once during the show a local celebrity would come up a plant and jiminy glick would interview Uh them and so i did it with my daughter in the audience and maybe the coolest thing of all i hope i don't get choked up here at the kaboom one year craig easley our beat poet did the like a beat the benediction of the beginning with my dad who was a musician playing bass behind him so memories for me because i'm a family guy that you know and plus all the cool guests we had over the years but for me personally it's that kind of thing and i would have to agree with a lot of that you know i've moved on from radio so far away from radio that 
when I talk about my life, like things come up and I'm like, oh yeah, I met that person. Yeah. I interviewed that yeah. person. Oh, I got to see that. Oh, I remember that. Like I have so many opportunities and interesting people to talk to and and just learn about and those things I, I that, that blows my mind that we had all those opportunities There's and a, credit greg he used to get those guests well yeah. that's yeah. what i was going to say yeah. I, I was going to laugh because I, there's a great irish writer called olaf tardson who writes for um, a music paper there and he jokes about he gets on a plane you know whenever he gets on a plane you get to talk to the person next to you and and they say what do you do and they say he says i'm a rock journalist and they're like oh my god you, you must have met everybody. He goes, yeah, I've met everybody. And they keep throwing names at him. You met Elton John? No. You met Paul McCartney? No. <laughs> but believe me, I've met lots and lots of very famous people. But I would say because I was the producer, um, and you might appreciate this, Peter Hartlob, as, as a radio guy, it was the get. Yeah. So getting big guests was a big deal to me. Um, so when we got a Paul McCartney or when we got a Barack Obama or when we got a Robert Plant, or any of these things that was sorry that's not that, that's not kind of cozy and and sappy and no, sentimental it, but yeah. i just really liked those nuts and bolts of of getting those interviews and then i liked seeing what, when greg would rub his hands together <laughs> that's yeah. right when I he gets so that. excited when something was working <laughs> exactly well i i asked the guy who wrote a book who was the manager who some people blame for kurt cobain's death or whatever but he was the one that made uh stevie nicks took her out of fleetwood mac made her a solo star danny goldberg i think was yeah. his name. Oh, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. but i asked him you know how do we get good guest too and he said you're halfway there being in san francisco mm-hmm. which is such a cool city and people want to be on the radio there but then greg was the other half you know he charmed people with his oh, irish yeah. accent all, he could so. get away with anything you're with all, that irish fine. accent um <laughs> uh, can i take over your job yeah yeah i want who is the least um least pleasant guest you remember oh my god well the one that uh, we'll all say it at the same time wayne brady, brady. Wayne brady. <laughs> really yes. oh my god Mr. Nice Guy, yeah. not so Brady. much. Yeah. You're oh. such a jerk. He 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 was he was he had, <laughs> now Peter's rubbing his hands together. No, he came into the city to do improv, and he had two fellow guys with him, and came in and didn't want to do improv or no. didn't want to do anything on the morning show. It's like usually you get a stand-up. Co- comedian you want yeah. him to be kind of funny not only did he not want to do it he was ang- he was he well he took it out like, on me so yeah. here's the thing you do you, you know you you talk to people we did Wayne Brady chewed you out so oh my we god we didn't do like it's not like the Letterman where you do this whole pre-interview so but it's an informal kind of here's what's going to happen on the show and I'm like so you guys are doing improv at, at, at the punchline or whatever so can we do a little bit of improv you know after the interview that's you know why you're here and he's no, he said, um, I'll see how I feel. It depends on how the interview goes. So that's a very open ended thing. So th- we're live radio. So yeah. you're doing the, the interview and you're going, OK, well, yeah. it's going OK. So <laughs> I chime in with, can we do a little bit of improv? And he begrudgingly stares at me, but goes, yes. And I don't know. We had some game concocted. Yeah. And it took place and it was awful. And we left the studio and he literally and he's, a, he's not a big guy, but he literally put me up against the wall. Really? Like, so Physically? I, do not ever put me in that position again. It was a whole thing. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right, favorite guest. Charo, 
love Charo. Oh, you got Charo. Yeah. Look her up, kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's going to be in town next week. <laughs> That's a really hard question. I'm going to regret this immediately because I'm going to get out of here and think of something much better. But I'm not even the biggest. I'm not a Steve Miller fan at all. But Steve Miller came in in a three-piece suit. Look, I thought he was a sales guy. Had uh, got off on the wrong yeah. floor. Yeah. And I'm like, "Are you can I help you?" And he's like, "I'm Steve Miller." I was like, "Oh yeah, you got a guitar in your head." And he but he was in a suit. He was doing promotion for Martin Guitar or something and yeah. he just came in and we stuck a microphone in front of him and he played like take, take the, the money, money and run. run. Yeah. Did, did all, that part where like, it goes da, 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 it was all I could do yeah. not to clap. Yeah, but Peter is very excited about it. Can yeah. I say something slightly rude? Sure. sure. You can so, even swear we just put a little okay. e on it expletive. Okay. So, so I just thought of my favorite guest ever. It was Grace Slick. Oh yeah. Oh. We had Grace Slick good. on the yeah, show. That's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Though she is and If she's I heard that Grace Slick pushed you against a wall I would have felt really So Grace Slick came on and yeah, obviously a local legend, and she's you know she's a salty broad, if I may say yeah. so myself. She you know she speaks her mind, but we used to sit. We didn't have like traditional radio chairs. We had kind of more like chairs that you would have in a in a conference room, yeah, right? At right, work, right. office chairs. So yeah. office chairs. Thank you. So she came in, and we all had our chairs, and the guest chair had a big old <laughs> white spot. It right was, on the seat. It was dirty. And so she comes in. I don't think we were on the radio yet, but she. I said, there's your chair. And she goes, you got going to put me in the cum stain. <laughs> well, and then she, she and Ray LaMontagne were the only two people to get away with the F-bomb yeah, on our show. She was quoting her t-shirt. looking like I have to edit that out. <laughs> I don't. Actually, uh, I, I could, you could swear. I'm one of we're my, swearing now. I, had a, I loved it when Grace Slick was on another time because she was saying... She was basically saying Jefferson Airplane was great, Jefferson Starship, not so much, you know. Yeah. And I was trying to convince her as a child of the 70s, no, the Starship was really good. We ended up having her put on headphones and listen to Play on Love, and she's like singing along with and at the end she conceded it was a oh, pretty right. good song. Look at that. That's but cool. you'd have musicians come out, the Grateful Dead, like Phil Lesh would do that. I remember a lot of musicians, we'd play one of their songs or whatever, and they'd really be like into Get you into know, it. listening to it and oh yeah. you hear that? That's where we did that or whatever. That yeah. was cool. Well, I, I remember too, I mean we're talking about some of the famous famous artists, but one reason I listen to K Fog is for discovery. Right. Um, I think Chuck Prophet, the first yes. time I heard him was with you guys and he's one of, I, I don't think I listen to anybody more right now. Uh, more than our live from the archive CDs, I love that every year, and this was a thing that Renee and Rosalie did, we would compile a local scene CD. It was all local artists, and it was, I still listen to those. Those totally. were great. And, yeah. and getting to know those artists, were it was fantastic. And they were so happy because they were getting airtime on KFOG. You know, August, August was April. August was music month. Right? Local music month Local was music, August. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we would play these artists and they're being played on the radio. And yeah. It and was fun to see band, uh, artists also grow too. So Matt Nathanson obviously yeah. is, is somebody that comes to mind. Train who, first played on yeah. KFOG back in the yeah, day. They exactly. were out of Petaluma. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to get a uh, couple of couple of personal things uh individual questions for you are you still running greg um, 52 marathons in 52 weeks was the last <laughs> yeah I, I so heard here's the you. deal i i <laughs> was on the board of a charity called breathe california which is a clean air and smoking cessation uh -huh. group and i used to uh smoke cigarettes and i gave up in 2007 so for the 10th anniversary of that i was just on this board um 
they thought it would be good to do something that would drum up a bit of publicity. I was still on the morning show at the end of 2016 mm-hmm. with Renee and No Name. And then when you were on the radio as a bully pulpit, you could raise a ton of money for charities. So I'm like, I know, I'll just run a marathon every week for a year. <laughs> it won't be pretty. Uh, Wait, think about that for a second. He was going to run one marathon a week. Well, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and he did. did. But, but and the, you're not spreading it out. This no, is no, like no, you're no, going to no, run 26.2 no. 26. miles. 26.2 miles yeah. once a week, so every weekend. But the, the kicker of this was I announced it, and so once you announce it, especially yeah, in this day go. and age with social media and whatever, you were all set. So starting in 2017, the first week of January, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to do one every weekend. And as soon as I announced it, lo and behold, we all got fired. <laughs> and so raising money was going to be more difficult. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no, I've already committed to doing the marathon. So I did it. And we raised some money. We raised a couple of hundred thousand dollars, but we didn't raise as as much as we could have. But no, to answer your question, that's a very long answer. I am no longer running. <laughs> well, good for you. You yeah. deserve the break. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Are, you, are you smoking again? Or no, 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 no. I'm not smoking. No. <laughs> Renee, uh, Metallica? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. All within my hands. Yeah. And is that your is that your gig now? That is my job. Yeah. I took a job with Metallica. They started a foundation in 2017. Um, they wanted to give back. Uh, they had been giving back um, to food banks their entire career. Nobody really knew that every tour that they did, they would always give back to a local food bank. So that was something that was inherent to the band. They decided to go public with it in 2017. And then they established the foundation to really focus on two things, and that's workforce education in the trades and feeding the hungry. Mm-hmm. And they were working on it internally because they have they have an amazing team at Metallica, but they are Metallica, and they are a for-profit band that is doing great work around the world, the biggest band in the world, nonprofit foundation work that's new to them. They have a wonderful board. They have, we have a, an amazing uh uh, executive director, and they needed somebody who could navigate this. And I, I do believe that my background in radio and being around musicians and famous people and that not being this, um, it, it's just not precious to me. Yeah. <laughs> What's precious to me is getting money into the hands of the people that are going to do better and have a better life for themselves. So uh, they asked me to come on board in March of this year. I joined as the associate director of All Within My Hands. And how cool to get to give rich people's money away, yeah. <laughs> right? I know. And they're, they're, I mean, there are different celebrities around here who have different reputations. Those guys are just delightful. They are not like you know, you listen to the music yeah. and maybe you're a little intimidated. Yeah. Uh, we've interviewed them over the years. They're really accessible. Yep. Yeah. You want to, you, you're doing anything about horror movies. Yeah. Kirk Hammett will <laughs> get on the Hammett phone with the you. He loves it. Um, so cool. That's really and, cool. And they're hear. very passionate about what the foundation is doing. It is, um, it's to the core. It's not, it took them a long time to decide to go public with it. And when they did, and now that they have, they, they're doing it to their fullest capacity. And it's amazing. Well, that's super cool. Glad Thanks. you're involved with that. Me too. Yeah. And I got to ask you, are you still working with Alcatraz, Peter? I am. You're one, on, one day a week. KCBS now. So you're you're busy. Yeah. Weekend overnight news anchor KCBS. I do some fill-in traffic for KQED and other stations. I love hearing you do traffic on KQED. <laughs> I'm like, listen to him. He knows where the roads are. I know. I know. I'm such an infrastructure guy. <laughs> Geek. Well, I feel like I was, 
<laughs> well, I'm like the utility infielder of Bay Area radio these days. It's like they plug me in. Where, but it, it was like, I, I, I'll use a music analogy. I was with a really popular band. The band's no longer together, but I still love playing music. Yeah. So, so you're I, a I, session guy. But in the meantime, yeah, I took a job at Alcatraz when at first radio, nobody was beating a path to my door. I was working there five days a week. You were the, like the head of docents? Not the head of docents, yeah. but the guy that does the hiring, it turns out he was a huge foghead. So he, lo- <laughs> you know, he loves having me there. But so I, you know, I started picking up, picking up radio work again. And they said, well, at least if you can give us like one day a week. So come out to Alcatraz on a Wednesday and I may be the one that sets you up with your audio player uh, <laughs> to do the tour. We got to get you out. Peter Hartlob has yeah. never been to Alcatraz. Oh, really? really? So yeah. this was my dark secret. And then about a year and a half ago, I started doing these more public type events and things with Heather Knight, yeah. our, our city uh, San Francisco columnist. And I get her title wrong too, and I work <laughs> with her. Um, and uh, yeah, and it got out, we did a tourist trap day. It was tourist traps that we like, and uh, it got out, I had never been to Alcatraz. I still haven't. Oh. Oh, it's real, So it's one of the tourist thing, one of the tourist attractions, the kind of the cliche tourist attractions that I tell everybody who comes to visit me to do. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not super touristy. It's a, it's a national park, actually. Um, but you come out there, and if you're a history buff, great. But otherwise, the views of the city are amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I highly recommend it. And I've gotten to where I can explain how the players work in six different languages. Oh. My goal is all 11, no, but I'm nice up to work. six. Yeah, thanks, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's uh, plug one more time the Finch Files mm-hmm. and uh, Renee and Irish Griggs pop up, capital U, yeah. capital P, <laughs> exclamation you. Thank area. you. Um, can I have one more point? So Renee and yeah. I do a podcast about once a month in front of a live audience, but the, what's perhaps more exciting to people listening to this podcast is I kept all morning show interviews and performances what? for 15 years. Okay. And now that K Fog is no longer there, I am unleashing these to the public. Also, a bunch of Fogheads sent me a ton of 10 of 10s. So on our page, I am putting out audio every couple of days. Today we had a today's taping on Friday the 13th. On your page, had, is yeah. this your so website? This is, or your... So go to popupbayarea.org and it will redirect you, but also on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash popupbayarea. Okay. So it's all there, and it will be for, for years. I'm going to be uploading this forever. Awesome. Yeah. That's great to hear. Fog Until love that. Cumulus you don't comes need to, to me apologize and tells me to stop. <laughs> because Renee's coughing. I know yeah. I have a cold. And I'm sorry. when I went to KFOG, yeah. you had a cough button. Yeah, for we did. Yeah. It's yeah. my fault that I don't have that yeah. for you. Yeah, you got to work Very on that. Peter. I lean away. Unprofessional <laughs> setup. Um, I thought we'd end like we started. Uh, were you feeling the love the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Well, I posted a photo on. Um, on Facebook before these guys became part of the team it was me and Dave on a billboard oh, yeah. Uh, yeah in the South Bay and and back in those days I got to interview Steve Young from his house twice a week via phone line and he's on one day said Peter I saw your billboard is like wow this is cool so I posted a photo of the billboard and just said it was the last day and I was feeling a little emotional and it was I think I'm I think I'm up to 400 likes and 150 <laughs> comments or something Did you like that. interview was the Joe Montana um with you or was that with somebody else That was Kevin the Rat Okay cuz I found a 
photo of I found a billboard picture of Kevin the Rat with okay. Joe Montana. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. wasn't you. Renee, you have to go next because I have no idea what, what I'm going to say. I was just oh. asking if you were feeling the love the last couple weeks. Yeah. To- kind of KFOG getting back in the news. And- yeah, it, it was really nice. Um, it was really nice. And it's more about stuff like this where you just remember things and get to see your old buddies again. It's it's just sweet. It's just, it's also bittersweet. Well, I mean, it's yeah. so, it's such a bummer because I still love radio, but there isn't many options to love out yeah. there, so. I will say it was very sweet that the Chronicle, bless its heart, posted, you know, doing stories about it. Uh, oftentimes it was the photo of the four of us mm-hmm. from the morning show years. Yeah. So my mom over at Rossmore and Walnut Creek <laughs> clips it out of that paper and sends yeah. it to me. Yeah. For me, because I've had, I've been sitting on all these archives for a lot and I've been posting them for a while, but it's actually coming more to the fore. I, it, it's more in my face on a daily basis. Yeah. I'm reminded of, wow, we did some pretty cool stuff. So, um, but it has been very nice hearing from so many people. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and thank you for having us. Yeah. This has oh been fun God. too. I yeah. am so stoked that you're here. And um, I think you guys are just a special part of Bay Area culture. And, um, Certainly, you know, I'm so glad I got to be a guest a few times and a listener and I went to events and kaboom. But I think people are going to those memories are going to get stronger. And I know there are a lot of things that go away and you're like, not sure you remember it. And, you know, I had a 30 year old come in here talking to me clear as day as is falling in love with San Francisco was, you know, he lived in Ben Lomond and and. and as soon as the KFOG signal came in, he knew he was He's, close. His oh, wow. parents were fans. So I, I think those stories are going to, are going to linger. And if anything, it's going to grow. I think it's awesome that you have a lot of the old audio yeah. and you can get that out there. Uh, one thing just uh, to go on what you were just saying, um, does this guy have, ever happen to you guys when you're out in some situation and, and someone suddenly recognizes your voice and they're a younger person. So they maybe they're, they're 30 years old or whatever. Yeah. And they go up, I grew up listening to you, and I'm like, don't tell me that. Oh, my God. Well, I know. How old am I? This, this guy Peter just mentioned, we announced, Dave Morey announced his birth on the no, radio, you, right? No, is that Eric Kingsbury? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eric Kingsbury. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, we're old, but yeah. it was a great run. Yeah. It's it totally great. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you. I feel you. like I brought you down with no. this. No, absolutely no, not. No. Absolute joy. Thanks again for for coming in, guys, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for all the radio and and thanks for uh, thanks for everything. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Peter Finch, Renee Richardson, and Greg McQuaid. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producer is King Kaufman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.